What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Surf and Sales podcast with your hosts, Richard Harris and me, Scott Lease. We are getting ready to depart in two days, 48 hours to Costa Rica for the Surf and Sales. Some of, one, of us is, one of us is less than 24 hours away. Don't rub it in that you get there and Jeff gets there before me, but we will be there. So we'll be off for a couple of weeks with no new episodes coming. This is our last episode before we take off for the actual event. And uh, we're going to spend some time today talking to Craig Ingram, who is a medical sales rep professional and this big, long title that I can't even repeat nor remember. But Craig uh, has a ton of experience. He's speaking at Mega Success down in L.A., mingles, rubs uh, arms and elbows and all that kind of stuff with uh, billionaires, Richard, billionaires, yes. not millionaires, yes. billionaires. Yes. He's going to talk to us a little bit about his baby shoe selling tactic. Yep. I like this one and some kryptonite, understanding your kryptonite. So it's, it's this one's this is one of those ones where you listen and you find lots of really good golden nuggets. Um, yes. And, and he's just super smooth about it all too. Like he's way... You know, yeah, really smooth, really direct, very Texan. And well. and we'll throw this out there. He's the first guy to ever come to our podcast, even though it's an audio. Yeah, we have it on YouTube, but in a coat and tie. So like yeah. we were, full, we were I, I think he had a full suit on. Yes. He did. He really did. putting yeah. me to shame. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're brought to you uh by our good friends at Outreach Sendoso Scratch Pad and Med Rep Meeting. And we'll be right back with another episode of the Surf and Sales Podcast. Hey, everybody. It's Richard Harrison Scott Lease with another edition of the Surf and Sales Podcast. It is actually uh, Wednesday, November the 9th, 2022. And you know what that means? It means tomorrow I get on a plane to go to Costa Rica for the Surf and Sales event. And Scott comes 24 hours after me. So yeah, um, welcome to the Surf and Sales Podcast. We are super excited. And we've got a very, very fun and interesting guest today. Uh, his name is Craig Ingram, and he is a medical technology sales specialist. And that's the short version, but Craig, tell everybody what it really means. What do you do so that they get some context for you and, and where you're coming from? Yeah, so my name is Craig Ingram. A lot of people call me Craig T. Uh, that's pretty much how I'm branded. Uh, medical technology and healthcare technology, uh, sales and commercialization expert. I've been doing it for 26 years. Um, based in Austin, Texas, and uh, I go worldwide. Cool, cool. Scott is your neighbor. I know. Yeah, he is my he is my neighbor. What yeah. part of town do you live in, Greg? Uh, the Cedar Park, north side. Well, not exactly my neighbor. He's my my rival since I'm a South Sider. We're like okay. you know, White that, Sox versus Cubs situation. Over is that, is that a big deal in Austin? Is there a north side? No, not, 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 not really. I just fully embellished all that that's right in cleveland uh -oh. there actually is i lived in cleveland literally people grew up on the east side of cleveland never been to the west side same on the west and the east and it still goes on been that way for years well austin is not like that we welcome people from all parts of the city i want to know right away about blue no baby shoe selling i said blue because you have a little shoe there that is blue and i mixed it all up what is baby shoe selling? Tell us Here. about this tactic. Here it is. So in 1995, I started my own medical distribution company. I was a sophomore in college. And I started reading 
a lot of sales books. I started going to a lot of seminars. Uh, at the time, I was borrowing money from friends and family, uh, mostly family, to go to these sales seminars. And then over time, I was selling enough to pay them back. And I remember hearing about trying to get a foot in the door. We're trying to get a foot in the door. And I just kept hearing that. And I read uh, a book called The Ultimate Sales Machine from Chet Holmes back in the early days of my career. And he talked about uh, tactics and what type of tactics you could use to try to get a foot in the door. And it was mentioned about sending a shoe. And, and he was just joking. But I literally took it like in an actual tactical execution standpoint and literally sent a baby shoe and put a little star on it and said, I'm just trying to get a foot in the door. And I would staple my business card on there. And I would actually meet with C-level executives, uh, physicians, office managers, practice managers, because being in the medical technology industry, that's who my customer was. That was who my avatar uh, was. And, yeah, you know, it kind of still is in certain situations. And um, uh, people would literally call me back laughing and going, I I'm just going to spend six, seven minutes with you because you are absolutely yeah. clever. Yeah, and because it was different. It was out. different, unique. Nobody had ever done that before. Memorable. I love that. Would you do that? How do you do that effectively? I'm going to get to my question. How do I do that effectively now that not so many people are working in an office? How would I replicate that if I was selling to like remote distributed teams and I don't have Richard's address to send him a shoe? How do, how do I follow that kind of methodology if it is even possible? Well, because email and digital prospecting and digital everything is so normal now, the more effective we can be is the actions that we need to take. So from my standpoint, whether I'm coaching my sales reps or management team or whatever the case may be, going back to the 1970s and 1980s way of selling, of prospecting specifically, is now more effective than ever. I send out more FedEx, UPS, and priority U.S. Uh, mail priority envelopes than probably anybody listening to this podcast, probably 40, 50, 60,000 sales reps. But what's old is new again. What's old and is so, new again. Right, 100%. And so for my business, selling to uh, C-level physicians, you know, virtual care, digital care uh, executives, um, I actually go back to that and I'm selling, I'm, I'm sending out FedEx envelopes and, and, and actual hard letters virtual versus uh, emailing because emailing just gets deleted. So, so what do you do though? Cause Scott brought up a really good point, which was, well, what if I don't have their address? Like, how do I, how do I do it in an email? Right. Is there something unique? Is it, or how do I track down addresses without coming off? That, as, that was my next question. Or is it like, no, coming off as to, like double down and figure yeah. it out. Like I could, I could send Craig something in the mail, but like, I don't want to come off as a creep. I don't want to be like, hey, Craig, give me your address so I can mail you something cool. How do we get around? I actually do that. I actually do that. I, I will actually connect okay. with somebody on LinkedIn and say, do you work 
uh, at an office, uh, at, at a business address, or do you work from home? Uh, most people will say hybrid. And yep. I'll say, um, what days are you in your office or how many days are you in your office versus from home? Um, if they're 100% remote, I'll tell them flat out, hey, I want to FedEx you something that I think is going to be valuable to you. And I want to actually be able to set up a time after you get it for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever it is. And being straight up, not being salesy, not being... Um, uh, I guess the best word is deceptive in any way. Um, I get that information and I literally send them uh, a FedEx packet or UPS packet or something like that. What kind of, and, and are people put off by you asking, are they like, you know, again, this is that old, like, this is, this is what I'm hearing. Even from, for me, I won't say for Scott, it's like, you know, if you told me here's a list of people, go cold call them. No problem. I'm bold. I can do that. You tell me to get on the phone and call someone and ask them for their address or LinkedIn them for their address. That's a little, that freaks me out a little bit. I don't know if it does you, Scott, but. No, that doesn't, that doesn't freak me out. And I, and I do it. I don't do it to the degree that Craig does it. I'm also the recipient of it more than you think. So what I usually say is, Hey, what's a good mailing address for you? I want to send you over some of my books or I want to send you over X, Y, Z. So I'm not, I'm trying to be specific about whatever address is comfortable for you. That's where I'll send the thing. PO box, home address, work address, whatever. Um, and I, as the recipient, meaning people say to me, Hey, what's your address? I usually say, well, why, what do you need it for? Like, what are you going to send me? You're going to, you're going to send me something goofy. Or you're going to send me a bottle of tequila. And then, you know, people will usually say, no, I want to send you X, Y, Z. And I'm like, all right. And then I, I give out my address, right. I, so, but I'm not, you know, I'm maybe more uncommon than some people. So what are your thoughts there, Craig? Yeah, I, I do the same thing. Like I have no problem giving somebody my address because if they try to do something uh, criminal, potentially, they're going to have a rude awakening in my house because I live in Texas. Um, so <laughs> you know, I, I highly recommend they don't step oh, I love that. Property. Um, unless it's for a legitimate reason. Uh, yeah. but, but to move forward of that, um, I, you know, because I come across 100% authentic, 100% genuine, I want to do business with them. I'll tell them flat out, hey, listen, I want to figure out if there's a way we can do business together. Most people don't want to answer that, ask that question. I do. I want to do business with people. I want to monetize relationships. Um, I'm never going to go somebody. I'm always going to return somebody's call. And if they really want to send me something uh, that's legit, um, yeah, I'm taking a risk. But so, I mean, so let me let me. I want to pause here for a second because this is actually kind of cool too. Because look, one of our sponsors is Sendoso, so um, you know, so this is a big piece for them. And just while we're mentioning them, also want to thank Outreach and um, uh, MedRep Meeting and uh, Scratchpad. So, but question for you: Are you cold calling someone like Richard? Or like, and this is for the people who are listening, for the people who are like, okay, that sounds cool, but tell me how to do it step by step. Is it, hey, first a LinkedIn connection? And I, in that connection, I say, look, I want to send something to you. I want to try and do business with you. Can I have your address? Is it, no, you can't do that yet, Richard. You actually need to connect with them and say, look, I'd like to do business. Like, what's that kind of very micro step by step process for people who want to take this approach? Because I think it's really cool. 
And it sounds cool, but then people are going to still freak. A lot more people will freak out, I think, than they will be like, yeah, let's go do it, you know, because they don't know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people can copy the how, but they can't copy the why. But from a micro level standpoint, um, I don't actually have a specific recipe. However, I do usually try to reach out through LinkedIn as my first point of connection. Then I either call or email if I can get their business email uh, or their phone number. And then the first meeting that, that I keep short is I only need six to nine minutes. If I can't tell them what I could do for them or ask a few questions to find out if what I have is valuable to them, I'm literally off the phone with them in, in six to nine minutes. Nine times out of 10, I bring value immediately. I don't tell them necessarily what I have. I ask them what what challenges and frustrations and annoyances are they so, going through. And then I now, this is good. And I like this. And by the way, I think we need to have you turn this into a book on how to do the six to nine minute interview and stop these 1200 interview steps. That Seriously. Because like I'm in the same. I'm like, I can interview somebody in about 10 minutes and kind of figure it out. Um, but so you're doing this. We're thinking about your baby shoe selling approach. Right. And you need to get someone's address. You first reach out on LinkedIn or email. And are you having a conversation are you booking that appointment first to then send them the thing? Or are you actually trying to get their address bef before you actually have that meeting? Or are you really trying to do both? Like, how does that work for you? It depends. It depends who I'm uh, uh, trying to reach out to, right? If it's a if it's a uh, medical director of a hospital or a CEO or something like that, uh, I'll just get their address and I'll just That's kind of easy, right? If, you, yeah, if you're selling to someone like hospitals and places like that, you can find the address. That's cool. Right. Or if I'm going to be doing some consulting, um, you know, part-time for a CEO of a startup company or mid-stage growth company that, that really wants to uh, maximize their effectiveness on the, on the commercialization structure of, of their product or service. Um, or if it's a telehealth situation where I'm actually reaching out to department heads or, of, of, of hospitals or something like that. That's very simple. If it's a personal if it's a person that's working out of their home or doing a hybrid approach in an office or something like that, I'm going to tell them straight up what I do and say, listen, I'd like to see if we can do business together in some way, shape or form. I don't mind adding value to you at absolutely free of charge. Um, but I also would expect reciprocation in some way, uh, some way, shape or form in, in the future as well. I, I believe in, 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 in telling straight up what your intentions are. And I think that's why I've made millions of dollars over the 26 years that I've been doing this is yep. because I'm not deceitful. I don't try to see something as if, even if it's not right. Um, and I think too many salespeople, I think too many sales managers um, focus and try to be crafty instead of just getting to the damn point and, and, and being genuine, real and authentic and, and get the nonsense out of the way. One of the things that I'm going to be, well, the topic that I'm going to be talking about at Mega Success next week um, with, with billionaires and nine-figure people and, and, and A-list celebrities um, is, is uh, what is the kryptonite in your business? And I'm going to be talking about the, the different types of things that can be kryptonite in our business. I want to ask about the different things that can be kryptonite, but I, but I have to ask you a question first. 
because I'm listening to you. You talk about this conference that you're going to speak at and who's going to be there. And all I'm thinking to myself is for me, if I was invited to go speak at this billionaire conference, what the hell would I talk about? Like what does a billionaire stand to learn from some doofus like me? How well, do, Scott, how let's do you remember, get you're over the, to, you're gonna have to shave the, and cut your hair. And, you know. <laughs> no, I don't. Give me a break. That part is not going to hold me back. Half of those A-list celebrities look exactly like me right now. But how do I get over the imposter syndrome of these people? How do I belong in the same room with them? What go? How do you de- deal with that? This is more from like speaking engagement, preparation, presentation, imposter syndrome, psychology. That's a big deal, man. I don't know. It might be easy for you at this point because you've done it so many times. But I promise you, if if you said, I can't make it, Scott, I'm sick. You go take my spot. I would probably have a panic attack. <laughs> well, it, it's easy to be nervous. If you're not nervous, it means that you don't want to do it with excellence, number one. Um, the first thing is um, I reached out to a, a very prominent nine-figure entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur, um, who who is well on his way to being a liquid net worth billionaire. Um, and his name is JT Fox. And he is my business coach, flat out. And he was the one that invited me to speak on stage last year and this year at Mega Success. Um, and then he has some billionaire partners um, that uh, he introduced me to. And I've been able to get coached uh, by a couple of them uh, one of them weekly, every other week, every other Wednesday, and then another one monthly. Um, and, you know, they they are just like us. They just know how to do things better, more efficient, and more effective. And when you come with a genuine, authentic humbleness and say, I want to learn from you. I will pay you to tell me what I don't want to hear. I will pay you because every. Thing you touch is turns to gold, no matter what industry you're in, clearly you're doing something better than the 99% of us. So I want to be like you. I may never get to where you're at. And so to answer that question specifically, they do have something to learn from me because they may not be specifically in my niche, right? Or my niche in business. But because I build a relationship with them and they're learning to trust me, and I'm, tr- I'm learning to trust them. There's a mutual honor and a mutual uh, respect that we can learn from one another. But I'm the student and I need to learn more from them because they've done it over and over and over again. I think it's a really good point that we can, we, how we learn from each other in certain circumstances. You're going to speak to these people who have something they can learn from you and you even employ one of them so you can learn from them. It's a good two-way two-way street and a good- uh, Yeah, because they will not mentor people, but they want you to have skin in the game to take their advice seriously. So that's why they charge. Now they give it to charity and I know the charities they give it to and stuff, which is super cool. They don't keep a penny of it. Hmm. But if they're giving it to me for free, I'm probably not gonna take it as seriously and take yeah. the speed of implementation to use it sure. in my everyday business life, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, what are the kryptonite things? Can you give us a sneak peek for those yes. of us who won't be at the event? What are some of the kryptonite things? So 
Kryptonite in, 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 in our businesses and in our companies uh, is optics, right? We care more about how we're perceived than what's really going on. Keeping also, uh, uh, keeping mediocre to low performers instead of getting rid of them, right? And getting people that know how to grow businesses, keeping people that shouldn't be there is another kryptonite. Um, a lack of accountability, um, a lack of uh, loyalty. Too many people are loyal to an opportunity versus loyal to people. In corporate America, loyal to people is virtually, un it's, it's, it's nil, it's, it's not existent. Because people will lie and say, oh, something comes up, something just came up, I have to go do this instead of this, can we reschedule? You know what, people that do that to me, it's a one strike you're out policy. I'll never do business with them again because I know they're just full of it because something better, something that they thought was better came up. So they're not valuing their time or my time because their word means nothing. I have missed out on so many opportunities that I would have rather called that person and said, something's come up. I'm going to, you know, an emergency came up when we know damn well it's not an emergency. And, and if those people do it, it's a one strike you're out policy. And so those are some of the things, those are some of the kryptonite in our businesses and in our companies that as leaders, we need to drop kick out. So let's talk about that in the sales. Like I want to get it super micro on this one too. And this is what I do. I'm always the detail guy. Scott's the idea guy. Um, <laughs> talking about holding on to those opportunities longer. And I, I hear that just in the context of a salesperson, right? And that's where my frame of reference is right now, looking at my opportunities. And look, you know, we all talk about trying to get rid of the deals and those opportunities. How can I, you mentioned earlier about getting ghosted or not ghosting people and stuff. How do I get rid of that? And I love your phrase, like all those deals, I used to call, I call them dead deals, right? That kind of stuff, but they're kryptonite deals. Right. They just make you feel weaker when you see them sitting in your pipeline all the time. Right. They they just they drain your energy. Like I'm watching Superman just like fall over kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> so how do you as you as you think about that in a in a traditional role, like like as you're selling to your hospitals or your different places, what are your signals of kryptonite? You know, is it that they cancel twice on you? You know, when do you say enough is enough? It's time to cut the cord, kick them to the curb breakup emails, that kind of stuff? Number one, I don't do breakup emails. Um, I think that's a cowardly way to do business. Um, applause. Cue applause. I agree. Yeah, I do. I really think it's a cowardly way to do business. Um, it's passive aggressive. It's not It's not calling a spade a spade. Too many people do it. Um, it's really popular in corporate America, but it's not popular with serial entrepreneurship. It's just not. Um the majority of things that I do to cut the cord is if I catch them lying, I'll call them out on it. Well, you just said this, but this has happened. I'm, I'm confused. Right. And they start walking backwards. Right. I don't care if it's a potential customer. You know, people call customers customers and they haven't bought anything. Well, they're not a customer. They're a potential yeah. customer. Right. A customer buys once, but clients buy over and over again. Um, at, at the end of the day, if I get ghosted, twice, they're done. And I'll call them out on it. I'll send an email and be like, wow, clearly I said something or did something wrong. 
that made you upset at me for you to ghost me twice. I guess, I guess professionally, we're not meant to do business with one another. I'll say it straight up. That's a breakup email. That's just a very direct breakup email, which is okay. Well, I guess you're right, maybe in a way, but I just, I guess I think of breakup emails as, as passive aggressive and I'm not passive aggressive. Yeah. I'm not the fan of like, Hey, you know, if you're being chased by the hippo bullshit, like I, you know, that, that, that I agree with, like, like be direct, like, you know, if something's going on, just tell me, I don't want to bother you. I don't need to be a pain in your inbox. You know, I got it. I got it. So, yeah. um, I agree with you on that part. I think. So, yeah. So what is your, now it's interesting, Scott, I want your opinion. He said, and again, it's, you know, everybody's got their own way of doing business. I hear someone, you know, like you say, Craig, uh, you know, if they ghost me twice, you know, I'm done, you know, send my first touch. Does that mean we're hanging on too long and we're trying to do stuff? Scott, do you think, well, you need to go three or four times before you give up on them? Like, and I, there's no real right answer. I'm just curious of perspectives. I don't know if it's because I'm a Texan as well now, even though I'm not originally from Texas, but you know, I don't chase people right at all. So if you've not responded to me twice, I'm done. I just move on. I just assume that, you know, it's dead. Those people often come back to me over yes. whatever period of time. And I don't really give them hell for ghosting me. I don't tell them, hey, you ghosted me. You're dead to me. I just see where we're at right now. And sometimes I end up working with them. I, I'm not trying to position it as that's the right way to do it. I'm, you, you ask me how I think about it. That's how I think about it. That's what I do. I, and I'm not disagreeing. I, you know, I, I teach this, you know, the whole breakup, the unwind, right? Uh, how do I unwind from this, which is the passive aggressive way, right, Craig? Um, you know, and I, and I teach it as sort of like a four or five step point. Um, and so you're, y'all are both making me think, well, maybe it doesn't need to be that much. This is the George, this is the Georgian in, in him, Craig. Yes. So, <laughs> um, so, so, anyway, so it's, just, it's just making me rethink that. And then, you know, on the other side, I'm like, well, because I have clients who are having me pay, I, I want the client, the managers to know that I've told them how to do it five times. And if they want to call it out and say it only do it twice, then that's on them kind of a thing. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't like to leave stones unturned. And I'm also very direct like you, Craig, like there's, there's a couple of them, you know, I, I like. My most passive aggressive one, Craig, you might like, you might not like this. I don't know, is the, is the subject line. I'll just say uh, the professional courtesy of a reply is requested. And I, yeah. people have ghosted me. I have absolutely said that. And nobody's ever gotten angry at me. That being said, if I worked for another company, um, I wouldn't want, you know, I got to be protective of that brand. Right. But um, that's, that's probably the most aggressive I get on stuff, I think. You know, I, I also do know that, you know, sometimes it might take, you know, 10, 12, 15, 18 touch points, right, to get somebody to to respond, right? Mm -hmm. So there's there's there is a balance in that. If I if I know that they're a big dog in a big dog pound, you know, they're a big fish in a in a in an ocean, then I'm probably gonna be willing to pursue and be persistent more than anybody I know. Right. And in being on so many Zoom calls um, because of JT, uh, being connected with 
with these with these literal billionaires that have built all these successful companies in so many different industries, the persistence that they have is amazing. And so I'm actually learning to be way more persistent than I have been. And I've been very persistent. I've been told in corporate America that, you know, I'm just, I'm overly aggressive. Can you give an example of that, that illustrates like those billionaires level of persistence that is a gap between your level of persistence that, you know, you up until that point had thought, shit, I thought I was persistent. So-and-so takes it to a whole nother level. So there's a, a billionaire that I'm going to be meeting in person and not just on a handful of Zoom calls uh, named Rami L. Batrawi. And he wrote a book called, uh, Can You Really Think and Grow Rich? And this man is probably the most persistent man in, in on, on planet earth right now. I'm not kidding you. He's been broke three times. He's reached a billion in personal liquid net worth three times. He's lost it all twice. Just an amazing, his book is an, is just insanely awesome. Um, I've never, you know, there's still a little bit of fear in me, right? Of, of losing, right? I hate losing more than I love winning. And I love winning, but I hate losing. Because if I've lost something, it means I've let somebody down or I haven't followed through or I haven't followed uh, my word and saying what I'm and follow through what I said I was going to do, even though that's rare, I'm still human, right? Um, and so somebody like 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 Rami is is his insane persistence is so immense that I need to become like him. So I'm going to be hanging out with him for four days next week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I've got a lot of questions uh, that I'm going to be asking him so that I can emulate. And I'm going to flat out ask him if 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 he would spend 15 minutes with me uh, a month uh, and coach me, and and you know, what 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 any type of, of coaching I can get from somebody who can yeah, write a billion dollar check I and it not it. bounce, I'm going to ask them. Pers- I'm going to be persistent to ask them. What's an what's an example of one question you're going to ask him? Um, I'm going to ask him. You know, there is a fear of rejection in me. Right. So sometimes I do hesitate from reaching out to um, the chairman of the board of Intermountain Health, maybe the chairman of the board of Memorial Hermann. Right. What if, right? What if it doesn't work out? Well, what if it does? How do you get over that fear of being rejected? Right. Because anybody in sales, sales leadership, um, yeah, we all have that. There is a level of fear, 100%, because we're still human, we're still flawed people. And there's different levels to it. It's like, there was a level of fear when I was trying to make my first $200 sale. (laughs) There's a different level of fear when you're asking somebody for a million dollar contract and so on and so forth. 100% right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're uh, getting towards the end here, trying to wrap things up. I want to thank Sendoso Scratchpad outreach and med rep meeting last question from me and then we'll we'll flip it over to uh you to see if you have any questions for us since one of our sponsors is med rep meeting and you're in the medical field give uh maybe top two or three pieces of advice for folks who are medical salespeople right now 
What could they do to improve their performance? The first thing is do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. If you want to stand out and be mediocre, talk like they talk, walk like they walk, do what they do, you will neutralize your uniqueness, right? So if everybody's emailing, you send out a FedEx letter, right? Be the contrarian. Do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. That's the first thing. The second thing is... That's why I haven't grown my hair long and grown a big beard. I'm trying to do the opposite of Scott. <laughs> How's that working I out? I don't really have much hair, so I just... I, well, you, know, you and I both have the same follicle challenges there, Craig. <laughs> The second Sorry. thing is be a person of your word. If you commit to doing something, follow through. Even if something better comes along that you would rather do, follow through, keep that meeting, and do what you're going to say, even if it's painful. Does it suck? Yeah. Have I missed out on opportunities to golf with some very high-level PGA people? Yeah, I have missed out on it. It sucks. But I kept my word. And I let them know, hey, I just want to let you know, I kept my word today because I could have went out and did this with such and such and so-and-so, um, but I had this commitment to you and I'm following through on it. You know, we need to start being people like that, where we're loyal to people and not opportunities. So I hope that helps. No, it's fantastic. I love that. Be loyal to people, not opportunities. That's a good one. I think that might. I'm looking. Be I'm looking right episode. at you, Richard. I'm looking right at you. Dude, what? What am I? What am I not loyal to you? Come on. Have I? I I'm probably overly loyal, and you know that. So. How can we? Uh, how can we try to be helpful to you, Craig? Any questions that you uh, you have for us? I'll tell you. This has been really fun. I, I love doing podcasts. Um, you know, for me, I am uh, constantly looking to see who I can add value to, how I can help people how I can make them more effective, uh, whether it's in selling, whether it's in managing salespeople, whether it's, whether it's uh, managing a commercialization project or, or anything, right? Um, so any, any help of, you know, uh, people can get a hold of me, you know, through my website at medicalsalesgrowth.com and, uh, uh, or if they want to get on megasuccess.com and come next week to Anaheim and, and literally rub elbows with eight, nine, and 10 figure liquid net worth, uh, corporate executives, entrepreneurs, serial entrepreneurs. Um, I'll be there and I would love to uh, meet people. And uh, I'm always looking to, to build real, authentic, genuine relationships uh, that will last for decades and not just a couple, three years. Awesome. That's cool, man. Thank you so much. We appreciate yeah, you being here. Thanks for having me. This is super fun. Yeah. Have and I'm really there. honored that I'm the first guy in a tie. Yeah, you're the first yeah, guy. You really in are the first guy in a tie, yeah. right? I'm trying to think. <laughs> We've had some collared shirts. Like, Scott, have we ever had anybody no. in a tie? I don't think no. so. No, he has a sport coat on, too. He's got a suit and tie on. Yeah, like, it's like, oh he wins. Gosh. He wins. He wins. He wins. All right, Craig. Have Craig, a good time out so there, much, man. man. We Thanks. appreciate good it. Good to meet you guys. Likewise. Bye.